I'm rather busy. Now he's going to move like right along to McGregor. That's his whole life. You know. All right. So to start this episode of Tuning In Out, I have a question for you, Richard. I'm ready. So uh, a couple weeks ago, you said that you thought that the second season of The X-Files was, I don't remember your exact terminology, but but it was sort of messy or, or problematic or you weren't exactly having a, a, the best time mm. of it. Um, now you've seen the last episode of the second season. Has your opinion of the season changed at all? Okay, so I was really ready for a hardcore mythology episode. I am trying to watch the Myth Arc episodes with the expectation that this is not going to add up, this is not going to make sense, this is just going to be a bunch of... And I was really able to do that with this episode, and this episode was a hell of a lot of fun. Um, I... The the scene at the beginning when they have, you know... They're they're, they're talking in Spanish and then Chinese, and they see the German guy, and he's talking the cigarette. That was the phone call later. I was cracking up during that scene because it was just so beautifully done like this is just the archetypal shadowy men in shadowy rooms making cryptic phone calls scene and it was beautiful i mean this entire episode you have revelations that make no sense characters getting killed and it ends in an explosion and it was a great time it was i i i am trying to watch these episodes as a wacky roller coaster because at this point i've been assured that if i'm watching this for plot or anything like that i i will be disappointed I don't know if I will always be able to get into that, but I was during this episode, and it worked very well for me. Okay. I I see what you're saying. I don't like Anasazi okay. as much. I, th- I think that part of that might just be diminishing returns. And I could I mean, see I that. Probably, I've seen this episode a lot, you know, at least half a dozen times, and... I like things about it. I think that uh, it is endemic of a lot of the problems of the second season of The mm-hmm. X-Files, however, that, like, you're right. Like, it's a very fun episode. It's it's goofy in the best way. Um, it it's never stops. Like, it's not mm. boring at all. It, it keeps moving, and it's very entertaining the entire way through. Uh, it, it features the dramatic return of characters that have been wa- gone for a while. You know, it has explosions. It has Mulder being drugged by weird, shadowy people. Um, and and I think it's all well done, and I, I think I, I appreciate all of it. But at the same time, there is a feeling that I have about this episode that it does it it does feature some of the problems that the second season has had mm. in microcosm. Uh, and I guess what I mean by that is the show is at a precipice. The show is at a crossroads. It, it you know, the third season of the show, I feel, is much more self-assured mm. and the show kind of understands more about what it's doing. And frankly, it's also starting to gather some of the writers that would stay with the show and sort of help shape mm-hmm. and define it for the rest of its run. You know, Vince Gilligan, Frank Spotnitz for, you know, two examples. And... The second season did not feature them. It did not, well, you know, two. I think they wrote, Frank Spottens wrote two episodes and Vince Gilligan wrote one. But, you know, it is the case that, like, the second season was very much about this. Okay, are we a straight-up sci-fi procedural with this sort of, you know, long-term story arc ambition? Or are we a weird, uh, uh, very sort of uh, self-referential sort of... Um, humorous at times, very sort of esoteric, uh, even maybe a little bit, um, 
uh, 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 even maybe a little bit of an eccentric look at, at America and what it means and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And the show definitely goes down that road more. I think that this episode features a lot of those things, but it yeah. also does feature some more straightforward storytelling that I don't necessarily think works very well. No, I, I can still tell that this is not a show that has found its voice yet in a lot of ways. It's come very close, and um, I feel like this episode might be a blunter instrument than the show gets at its best. Um I tend to talk in a lot of music metaphors, and like this, again, I still feel like we're still at, you know, demo tape stages, and there's some really fucking good songs on there, but it's, you know, poorly recorded, and, you know, they just don't quite have it yet, they haven't really had enough practice on their instruments, and, you know, if this song is like just a really, you know, fast punk rock thing from a band that will be get to know, that will be known for more intricate and subtle things, I think. I, I would agree with that because I, I, I think that you can definitely see the X-Files. It, it could have gone down two roads. Yeah. And the first season was very much a straight sci-fi procedural. Um, it definitely could have gone down that road. And I think it would have had a fine five or six seasons. And it would have been uh, you know fondly remembered. But, but I don't think a lot of people would revisit it. And I don't think certainly we would be doing yeah. an episode-by-episode analysis of it on a podcast. Uh, whereas the second season, you're right. Like it's a little messier. It doesn't really have an identity yet. It's, it's, I think it's struggling against a couple of different things. And in Anasazi specifically, I think that the show is struggling against its interests and its ambitions and what it's capable of at this point. And it's also hampered, of course, by the fact that we don't know where this is going, that uh, it, it basically starts in media race with Mulder being incredibly weird and, and, mm-hmm you know kind of um erratic in his behavior and we don't know why and the the explanation feels kind of perfunctory and out of left field in a, in a, in a deeply hilarious yeah. way uh a lot of this feels like a full motion video game from the 1990s <laughs> and i mean that in a very yeah. uh in a very affectionate way i <laughs> you know I like those video games. And I think that, you know, even to the visuals of it where, you know, they're shooting in a quarry in Vancouver yeah. and, you know, Matt, Matt painting in some some plateaus of the New Mexico desert and it just looks terrible. Um, Obviously, the show had a lot of influence on video game culture at that time. I mean... Deus Ex obviously comes from the X-Files, for example. They, they, they obviously watched the show, stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah I can I, definitely see, see a through line there. And, yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, I don't, I don't know a lot about, um, I don't know a lot about sort of Illuminati, uh, mm. you know, stuff and, and conspiracy theories. Um, you know, MJ twelve, for example, Majestic twelve is this thing from Deus Ex, and it's also in this episode. It was a real, uh, you know, it, it was a real component of this sort of uh, conspiracy theory stuff. Yeah. I don't know a lot about it. Uh, they kind of offhandedly mention it. I don't think you really need to know what it is, but Something it is there in the episode. <laughs> Something to do with aliens, exactly. And you know what? What we find in this episode, like you're right, when you mention the the beginning of this episode, and you get this this great scene with these guys speaking in different languages, <laughs> all kind of going, "What the hell is happening? I can't believe this. This is the phone call I never yeah. wanted to get." You know, it's it's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's fun and it's really well done. And I think, to your point, it it also. I think expands mm. the the world of the conspiracy in a way yeah. because I think we're finally starting to see some of the people that are behind it. Yeah, this is paying dividends to uh, 
Deep Throat's initial statement that, you know, oh, well, several countries signed this agreement that we would get rid of alien, any alien life and any evidence of that. And we're seeing that still be active. And I mean, to me, this yeah, opens up the possibilities of X-Files in other countries, but I, I don't yeah. I, I, I don't know if Mul- – but I don't know if Mulder's eventually going to meet his German or Japanese counterpart, for example, but maybe he will. I mean – I'm sure he will meet some people from around the world later on. It, it's certainly possible. And I, I think that, I mean, I, I'll just be clear, like it does get developed more. Yeah. There is there is an organization, quote unquote, that's kind of behind this. Um, and, and so it does get a little more developed. I mean, obviously, the cigarette smoking man is, is involved in it. Um, but I, it, it's just there. there's an element to this episode, which is sort of interesting to me in the fact that it is introducing ideas doubling down on ideas getting a little bit ridiculous frankly i mean the revelation that that the cigarette smoking man worked with and knew Mulder's father and that the reason why the cigarette smoking man is so interested in Mulder and why he's protecting him quote unquote is is because he promised Mulder's father that he would do that and i don't know what what do you make of that you know so we've seen Mulder's father once before and i See, this is actually this is actually a perfect example of me beginning to feel out the edges of how they're writing this thing because I don't think when we first saw Mulder's father, Chris Carter had the idea. Well, he works for the State Department. He knows the cigarette smoking man. Uh, he's vaguely under you know Mulder is vaguely under the cigarette man's aegis because of his fa- you know his connections to his father. I don't think that he knew that when he first wrote Mulder's father, but at some point in between the two episodes. The idea probably occurred to him, you know, this would make sense. It would get the father's uh, role in everything a little more interesting. We can, you know, double and use that character. Maybe then that can have, you know, then we're going to, because now I'm questioning, oh, well, was that why Samantha was abducted? You know, was, were experiments knowingly placed on her? Did he, you know, these are questions that I'm going to be asking now. Uh, it, it it very nicely explains uh, the, the question of why don't they just shoot Mulder has been sort of answered a few times, and at this point we have another half answer, and I do get the sense that the four half answers we've had equal a whole at least. Um, but yeah, yeah, like, I, I, it, it it kind of uh, it does feel like the, a little bit of retcon, but in a way that kind of works, and I I feel like most of the elements of this mythology are going to be done in that way. Yeah, I, I agree with you, and I, I think that that making making that story and making that interest personal on a very fundamental yeah. level works with the show's interest, right? Like this is fundamentally a show about obsession and a show about the the lengths people will go to to protect the people that they love, and 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 to the to the matter of fact that they will hurt other people that they love in order to protect some people that they love and and so i mean why is you know for the for instance like a second subplot in this episode of course is uh you know scully essentially browbeating Mulder into going to new mexico with her and 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 she is i mean Mulder and scully love each other it's not a romantic love but but they do love each other and you see that in this episode so to to me 
the like you said, sort of the retcon that the cigarette smoking man worked with Mulder's father back in the seventies or whatever, and and what was going on with Samantha's disappearance. While that is a new wrinkle that we have mm-hmm. to kind of grapple with at some point, but it completely makes sense with with where the show is going, how it's developing its identity, and you know wh- where that's going to go. You know, we'll have to see, but I think it all works. Yeah. Um... I, I guess let's finish talking about Paul Mulder. I am shocked that they killed him. I was very surprised at that. I mean, that, this show is two for two with killing off its secondary cast and actually making me very surprised about that. Like, uh, yeah, I didn't expect them to kill the original Deep Throat. And again, I can we will start getting diminishing returns as that goes on. Um like, I hope it is several more seasons before the Cigarette Man is finally killed, if he is. Um, at, to, yeah, just because where we see shows like Lost taking that to absurd heights with, you know, every week another person is going to die. But it's still very effective, especially because we do have so many unanswered questions around Pa Mulder now. And we can't ask him these questions now. Uh, how are Right. You know... There are certainly going to be moments for him to speak beyond the grave. We'll find his diary or his notes or something at some point, and we'll learn a little more or something like that. But uh, it go and I'd say the show works with that because of its major theme of we get very close to the truth, we have all the evidence, and then we lose all the evidence. We have no evidence at all, and we can't prove it. And damn it, it's frustrating. We know everything, but we know nothing. We know that Paul Mulder had something to do with all of this. We knew that Paul Mulder knew a lot more than he was implying. Did we even know? I mean, Paul Mulder in his episode with the fake Samantha, he probably knew immediately that it wasn't her. I mean, that's probably why he's drunk into that entire episode because, (laughs) oh shit, you know, Samantha was killed 20 years ago. Who is this lady? But I can't say anything because I can't let on that. I I mean, that, that... Again, it's a retcon, but it adds a lot another layer to that entire episode that's very stark. Yeah, no, I think you're right. And and the other part of that, of course, is that the I mean, I don't know what to make of Mulder's being drugged in this episode huh. for most of it. It it seems very strange to me. And I I mean, obviously it's there to make him question his own motivations to to get uh, him to turn on the people that he relies on the most and that mm-hmm. that trust him uh you know punching skinner and kind of berating and running away from from uh from scully yeah. and, and things like that but at the end of the day uh you know when he finally goes to uh his father's house you know and i i also like the fact that the 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 show completely ignores the fact that washington dc and martha's vineyard are like six hours apart but you know also where's his mother Uh, but (laughs) that's another thing right yeah yeah. (laughs) she i don't know she she went to um i don't know she went to disneyland or something this week uh well i don't think i don't think that no, they weren't together anymore. Oh, I think okay, that's what okay. it was. Like she was there because yeah. Samantha was ostensibly okay, okay. there, but yeah. So I don't think she lives there. She must live around there. But that was his father's house. Okay, no, that makes um, sense. Then. That yeah, that, yeah. That uh, you know, Mulder at the at the height of his psychosis is at his father's house, and you know what what is the motivation there? Like uh, Krychek is back. We'll talk about that, mm. but. 
Krychek murders Mulder's father. Mulder finds his father dying. You know, what was the implication there was kind of the idea that Mulder would think he killed his father, that people would think he killed his father. Like, was the was were they drugging Mulder so that he wouldn't question why someone would murder yeah. his father because Mulder doesn't know any of the stuff that we know I mean, about his father? To me, it comes off as a, a nice series. Ever, ever, it seems as events going in the cigarette smoking man's favor. He needs to get Mulder's father out of the way. Also, it would be nice if Mulder were gotten out of the way. Mulder just punched Skinner. If the father is killed and Mulder's discovered at the scene, it's going to look like another escalation in a pattern, a new pattern of violence that Mulder's been going into. And, you know, it's going to look like an open and shut case. And then, then Mulder's out of the way and we've discredited the, and we've gotten rid of the X-Files and Scully can't really do anything. So everything's OK. Like to me, it seemed like a, I get the sense that this conspiracy is good at both planned stuff and kind of thinking on the seat of its pants. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right because well, I don't know. Let's talk about Krychek then yeah. because you know Krychek is back. I don't think that you thought that he no. was gone no. forever. I, we're going to see him many more times. I would assume another character who I hope it's a while before Krychek gets killed because he's going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He he actually becomes the FBI director in the eighth season. Okay. <laughs> Right, but I, I mean, I don't know that there's a lot to say about Krychek. I mean, he yeah. obviously is just a, a, a raw vehicle of death in this episode. But it's interesting but I, where he's going because he was – it makes it clear that just – he's not a person of power. At, at this point, he's just a hired gun. When we first mm-hmm. met him, it seemed like he knew a lot more, and I think he he is certainly an extraordinarily dangerous man, and he is very – you know, he does know a lot more than – Mulder does but he's also he's just a I think to the conspiracy he's just simply a weapon and he is I I will imagine that they view him as slightly disposable once he is trouble he will be very quickly dispatched I think that that's a very astute reading of the character of Gretchen okay actually <laughs> yeah I, I think that uh well you know I'll leave it there yeah but, but just stay tuned yeah he doesn't do a ton in this episode he just shoots a couple people and uh escapes but but I but I think it's it you know yes you're right like he doesn't do much in this episode and I don't think there's much to talk about in terms of a character yeah. work for Krychek but in in terms of how the show is developing itself mm. and how the show is developing and using its secondary characters, yeah. you know, it could have just been a random yeah. hitman. But but obviously they have maybe they don't have a plan for Krychek. I mean, I don't want to promise that they have like an elaborate plan no, no, because no. I don't think that they do. But, you know, it is the case that I think they may have known a little bit about where they wanted to go or that who this guy was. Maybe it was just that they wanted to bring Krychek back to be shocking. It could have been all those things. But at the end of the day, it works. And, you know, having Krychek back in the show and have it not being uh, just a random hitman gives a little bit of added oomph to the show that makes the conspiracy seem a lot more competent and seem a lot more willing to to make hard choices than perhaps it has been in the past there also it also puts more of a face on the conspiracy makes it a little more intimate and knowable in a way that i would not say diminishes any of the mystery but makes it we recognize the people here it's not just random you know people we know the cigarette smoking man is a player we now know Mulder's father is a player in it and we know Krychek is involved in it these are actual people this is not a 
you know, as shadowy as it is, there are actual people in actual rooms who are enacting this conspiracy. This is something that is going on in the world, and this is something that is very much not supernatural, and yet yeah. is just as dangerous, maybe even more so. Yeah, no, I think you're right, because that is the other tension of the show, really, is is this idea about the supernatural versus uh, the alien conspiracy and, and what that means. And, you know, we have a lot of um, dialogue in this episode about the aliens and we have, you know, actual shots of dead alien bodies. Yeah. And, you know, we've got this whole subplot with the Anasazi and the documents that were stolen by a guy who lives in Dover, Delaware. Ah! Uh, <laughs> but it is the case that there is a there's almost a, a, a sort of idea of anarchic democracy or something about this where the the thinker when he meets Mulder mm. says you know I, I make make them pay to the people or something like yeah. that I mean there's this idea that they are keeping information back from the people and they are making decisions that perhaps are not the best you know we don't know the whole shape of what the decisions they're making we don't know why they're making them but there is a I think if you can say anything about the X-Files at this point in terms of its uh, political philosophy it is that it really is a believer in in radical democracy yeah i mean there is a even if the alien conspiracy is designed to hide the existence of aliens because people are not prepared for it it was caused panic in the streets this is a patriarchal uh, decision that says that the people are not able to you know let us decide whether we can handle this knowledge or not this should not be kept secret who the fuck you know authorized you to do that. I mean, the cigarette smoking man has not been elected as an official in order to, to, to safeguard that he's just a guy. I mean, we, 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 he doesn't seem to be really, I mean, is he accountable to anybody? We don't, we don't know these things and therefore, and Chris Carter certainly mistrusts that degree of power. Someone who is an authority just saying, this is what needs to be done and you all need to fall in line. Um, well, no, there need to be anarchic elements, which are, chipping at that power in order to tell the truth which is you know truth and authority are kind of the uh, kind of arch enemies at least in in the x-files worldview yeah like power without accountability is really where the show is coming down against you know that that strongest i think and Right. Like, I, we don't know who the cigarette smoking man is accountable to. Maybe he's accountable to no one. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, maybe he's accountable to the president. Maybe the president doesn't know he exists. Yeah. I mean, we have no idea about any of the answers to these questions. And we will get answers to some of them. But the the other part of that, of course, is the open question about what they're actually doing with, yeah. with the aliens. And yeah, you know, I don't know if the aliens are working with the conspiracy. That's even possible too. We don't, you know, we don't know how many factions there are. There is certainly a faction of scientists that is experimenting with that. Is that the same as the cigarette smoking man who seems to want to destroy evidence of alien stuff, or at least hide that from people? I don't know. I don't know if this. You know, you don't get the. It's unclear if cigarette smoking man has his. You know, little room in the he is his room in the Pentagon with all of this stuff because, all right, well, when a scientist wants to experiment with something, he can go there and pick out his project, or because this stuff needs to be hidden away from everybody, it's that dangerous. We don't know. 
Right. And and I, I think that, that some part of that, of course, is that I don't think the show yeah. knows, right? And and you know, I think key to that is is the, the end of the episode when Mulder goes into the boxcar yeah. filled with alien uh, uh corpses that have t- um uh, uh, smallpox vaccination scars. And you're kind of like, what is going on yeah. here? And then, you know, Scully is saying, oh, well, my name is in these files uh, related to Dwayne Barry. And, you know, there, I like the, the symmetry of the show having to, um, you know, use the language of the people that it basically massacred to, to protect its secrets. Yeah. Um, you know, all these kind of things wrapped up in that. Uh, and, and, and what are they doing to the aliens? Are they doing the same thing to the yeah. aliens that the American government did to the Native Americans? Like, what's going on here? Is there is the show trying to make any sort of symbol, uh, 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 symbiosis there or, or symmetry? We don't know. But but why why are those alien corpses in there? Yeah. What are they doing? And, you know, we don't know. Like, is is the conspiracy protecting the aliens yeah. or is the conspiracy protecting itself like we we don't know the answers to those questions yet i mean and again i i think that i like i i assume i will get to a point of diminishing returns with the show giving me more and more questions and the state of mystery and bewilderment but so far i find it's able to run with that because of its major theme of you know, discovery of the truth of this mystery yeah. that, and there is unknowable mystery all around us. We will never be able to, you know, the truth is out there. That doesn't necessarily mean that we will be able to understand the whole of it. I mean, that's, which frankly is an interpretation of the scientific ethos in a way that there is, there are answers to all of this. All we can do are make our best guesses. We can have evidence that fits a theory that works, but. At the end of the day, it's not like we can really understand exactly what's going on on a subatomic level. We can, you know, kind of like that. Yeah. Well, I, I, yeah, I think so. And I think maybe the final point that I'll make about about Anasazi is that in a strange way, the cigarette smoking man and Mulder are are very similar because Mm. they both have a deep, deep, I think, belief in their own infallibility and correctness in what they're doing and that but the cigarette smoking man doesn't have a scully you know scully is what is keeping Mulder around and alive and questioning his own uh theories you know Mulder's a true believer the cigarette smoking man is a true believer scully is not scully is someone who wants to see the evidence who who has is open-minded but uh i think also is deeply protective of Mulder, obviously, because of their their personal connection. But in a, in a way, the the reason why Mulder is still alive and the reason why he's he's so successful against the conspiracy so far, um, and and I think we can say he's successful because he's still alive. <laughs> is well, is, that, is he? I don't know. How did he escape the train? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's dead. He's dead. Yeah. But that really is the thing. Like, like Scully is there, yeah. and Scully is the element of the show that is is the most interesting to me because she is allowing Mulder to not be a analogous copy of the cigarette smoking man, only in the opposite direction. Yeah, I mean, this is again, this is a we we use ice a lot as that moment when they began to get rid of all their mistrust and they began to really work as a union. It was kind of the last pangs of their early part of their relationship. This is, I mean, 
Mulder does everything he can to push everybody around him away, and Scully refuses that. Scully immediately realizes something is wrong. Something is going on. There is an explanation of this. I don't give a shit how nasty and mean he's being to me. Like, I'm figuring this out. There's a reason for this. I mean, I I, I think it's nice that, I mean, we've been talking about how Scully's been edging towards damseling a little bit lately, and this episode really corrects that. She gets shot at. She's the way, and Mulder's the one who's the damsel in distress in this episode for a lot of it, and again, the episode, the show is fine when it's making, you know, when the... It's great when they're saving each other because, yes, you know, they're they're dealing with some extremely dangerous things. They are trusting each other on this. They need to help each other out, but just even the score a little bit, and this is going towards that. Yeah, I, I think that's right. And I also really liked the moment at the beginning when they are talking to Skelly, and she mentions, oh, he's my partner. Partner? Well, you were assigned to report on him and, and all of that. I mean, it almost gives a... The sense that I'm getting from that is that Scully has a different interpretation of her role than is official. Yeah, yeah. Well, also, I think that the other the other part of that as well, of course, is, is you know, when Mulder is at his 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 psychosis mm-hmm. is affecting him and he says, you were sent here to report on me. Yeah. And Scully, I think, looks hurt in a very personal yeah. way at that because she thought that they were past that. And that, you know, of course, like Mulder was was being drugged yeah. so he doesn't actually believe that but that is the case where like you sh- that really shows more than anything else where that plot line has gone because scully is is so beyond that at this point and and the fact that she thinks that that Mulder is you know well she's not thinking it Mulder is bringing it up again yeah. that she is like shocked and hurt by that because she knows that that is not the case anymore that she is completely devoted to him as her partner yeah she, he has that line you know you have my files and my gun don't ask for my trust at that point i think and Obviously, she has t- taken his gun in, or- in order to prove his innocence. You know, she needs to start making a case for his defense, really. And But again, she's not pissed off at that. She's hurt by it, certainly, but she's also recognizing that this is not Mulder. Yeah, she knows who yeah. Mulder is so well that she knows when he's been turned, in a way, and... Again, it gives another moment of how scary and all-encompassing this this conspiracy is. How, I mean, this 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 one old lady shoots her husband as 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 kind of an uh, as collateral damage in the drugging of Mulder. No one gives a shit about that. Whatever, as long as Mulder's taken care of, everyone in the building could shoot each other. <laughs> Frankly, yeah, without that's... Mulder to investigate it, no, everybody's just going to think of this as this weird unsolved crime. Yeah, and I think that I I love that as well because well, it, for two reasons: a, it it really shows that the conspiracy is is willing to have all kinds of collateral damage in order to yeah. to, to get a Mulder and discredit Mulder. And you know, the other thing, of course, is that that scene is just deeply yeah, strange. it's a scary scene. It's really yeah. I was about to ask why Mulder told the lone gunman where his house was because if there's anybody you don't want visiting you, it's probably them. But at the end, I'm sure they found it out. That's somewhere. what I was gonna say. They they are hackers. So, <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's it for Anasazi. I think that's it for the second season of the X Files. Uh, we will tell you what's coming up in just a couple minutes. But before we do that. If you have any thoughts on Anasazi, the second season ender of the X-Files, please leave a comment on the post for this episode at tuninginshow.com. 
tuning in is listener supported please check out our patreon at patreon.com slash truck about show it is a way for you to donate to us monthly to support our podcasting endeavors it also supports our other podcast truck about if you are not listening to our star trek voyager podcast we're starting to get real angry at the show <laughs> so uh you should go over to truckaboutshow.com and check that out Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, we are there. Tuning In Show is our username. And as always, please leave us an iTunes review for tuning in. It is the best way for new people to find the podcast. Next week, we launch the third season of The X-Files. And I have to say, I'm a little upset that we only watched the one episode because it was such a cliffhanger. I know exactly why you did that, and I hate you. (laughs) Well, fear not, Richard, because the next two episodes... The first two episodes of the third season are actually also a continuation of this story. <gasps> wow. This is like DS9 so you don't just, level shit. It is. Uh, we're going to be talking about The Blessing Way and Paperclip. Mac, why do you...